Before we get rolling into today's podcast, I want to tell you about our awesome sponsors that uh, keep this thing free for you guys. So first we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Go on there. Check it out. Uh, You can get signed up for uh, Traded Hunts where you put in your location, the kind of birds you're after, you know, the type of things that you do. And uh, you can search around on there, see other people, their areas, what they go after, and you can talk with each other and get linked up and trade hunts with each other. So rather than hiring an outfitter or a guide, if you're on a budget or kind of want to do a little bit of a DIY thing, you can get linked up with some people, go hunt their area, they come out and hunt in your area. It's a really cool thing. Also on there, there's some forums, you know, duck hunting, waterfowl hunting in general, different tips and advice, things like that. And they also have a lot of merchandise, really cool stuff. And in their merchandise, they have the Salty Fowl line of clothing, where 100% of the profits from that go to uh, Eider Research out there on the coast. So really cool cause. Go check it out. Go buy some stuff. Get on some trade hunts. You definitely won't regret it. Next, we have Steady Wing Outfitters. That's Mikey Soberano. He's up there in northeast Kansas, and he uh, specializes in waterfowl, turkey, and deer. You can check him out on Instagram at Steady Wing Outfitters. Uh, and if you want to book a hunt, you can give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. They're over there in North Dakota. They're making a bunch of awesome hunting and fishing content. It's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places. Go check them out for some high-quality stuff. They also have a website with some merchandise and other things on it. Uh, The website is 701pursuit.com. That's the numbers, 701pursuit.com. So check them out, all the places that you have social media. They're on there somewhere. Next, we have Bulldog Baits. It's over there in western Oklahoma. Uh, They're making crankbaits, jigs, soft plastic, spoons, jig heads, sinkers, anything you need for fishing. They've got it. So you can check them out on uh, Instagram. It's bulldog underscore baits. And if you want to go on their website to order some stuff, it's bulldog-baits.square.site. So if you're needing anything, definitely, definitely go check them out. Also, on the same note, we have Stump Thumper Baits. Their website is stumpthumperbaits.com. They also have soft plastics, jigs, all that type of stuff. Want to check them out too on Instagram. Their handle is at stumpthumperbaits. They're also Facebook, anywhere else. Now we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's over in the San Antonio area. Uh, he's hunting ducks, geese, anything waterfowl you guys want to get on over there down in Texas. You can give him a call at 361-494-7868. You can also find him on Facebook. Uh, his name is just Waylon Johnson. See what he's been up to. Check out the cool birds down there. All that good stuff. And lastly, we have my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. I specialize in retrievers, but I train all sorts, basic obedience, force fetch, waterfowl upland, anything you're looking to get done with your dog, I can help you out with. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all the normal places. It's H-I-L-I-N-E, retrievers. And then if you're looking for some advice or looking to uh, get set up with some training, give me a call. My number is 406 783-7083. Thanks a lot. Thanks to our sponsors. Go check them all out and enjoy the show. 
took wing Shotguns singing A pointing dog down in the old logging road And Danny got three And looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload The country was cold Alright, welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today we've got two guests on. we got Colton Gilman and Bob Smith both coming back on. Um, I guess, Colton, you're on top. Why don't you introduce yourself? Well, my name's Colton Gilman. I live in uh, south-central Montana. And I'm originally from West Virginia. Moved out here about eight years ago to chase critters and fish. So, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Bob, you got something better? No, no. Bob Smith, uh, own Big Stick Archery, make custom longbows. Uh, I live in north-central Iowa. I'm originally from Wisconsin. Finished college in the area. Stayed for the deer tags. Here we are. Perfect. 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 All right. So last time I talked to both of you guys, we were just getting into like the off season. Everything was kind of dead. Um, what now that we've kind of made it through summer and like I got archery antelope starts in nine days now. What are you guys looking forward to this year? What are you guys going to chase around? Well, I didn't what? draw. I didn't even apply for antelope tags. My plan was to go to uh, uh, Prince of Wales Island after uh, uh, blacktail, but I decided against that. So I'm going to just hit elk and my local stuff. And it seemed like I moved out here and got a little bit of elk figured out. And then I started traveling all around and leaving during elk season or leaving during you know, the beginning of deer season. And I got a good antelope or a good mule deer spot that I haven't really hit that much i'm gonna hit it a little hard just gonna stick around stick around close this year hunt the stuff i moved out here for yeah for once and uh i'm i'm uh gonna do colorado elk uh, that was the last minute decision so gonna go 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 hang out make some new friends i'm sure and uh doing that the last two weeks of september and then iowa deer uh, dad drew a tag this year again so Probably be putting in a fair, fair, pretty fair effort over there in eastern Iowa on some whitetails. Did you say uh, Colorado is where you're going for elk? Yeah, so, never been. So, are you just kind of going in blind then? Like, are you going with anyone? Or are you just gonna show up and start uh, walking? I got a couple of buddies coming with, so we're getting the band back together. It's been a been a few years. So, um, Tater and Tater and Jay Money. So, well, who we've done quite a bit. Of elk. In Wyoming, you did what? Uh, what did you do in Wyoming? Uh, the same group, same guys. We did a bunch in Wyoming, a bunch of elk hunting in Wyoming, um, in Idaho. Just haven't hunted Colorado, so picked out a spot. Been looking at maps and Onyx and all that stuff, but I have I have no idea. <laughs> it's a little stressful. This is like the first time I haven't had an idea of what to expect in quite a while. Perfect. Those spots now defunded for three years or five, six, seven, eight years or whatever. Long time. So, yeah. It's a fresh one. So, what? Just brush up on your trail trailhead etiquette. Every time I've went to yeah. Colorado, you just talk to hikers the whole damn time. Mm. Yeah. I've been doing some YouTube and trying to figure out where all the popular spots are. So, I'm going to stay away from those. I got the big circle, you know, the big hot trailhead, all that. That's, that's the, the no go zone. But yeah, we'll see. How uh, it looks like really tough. 
how often when you guys are out on your adventures in the mountains are you running just in like hippie hikers and stuff and do you ever i guess have you had anything cool happen with that because yeah. i've only had it once and the dude was just yeah. chill as shit he bullshitted with me for like 20 minutes and man you're out here with a bow just going for animals man that's that's primal man he kept saying primal kept calling me primal i was like all right all right well i'm gonna roll out of here what's that i ran into hikers a good bit in colorado um i tell you we were i don't know about six seven days into a hunt me and my buddy scotty turry and we had seen a couple hikers we seen some guys elk hunting on horseback and, and talked to a few people but we were sitting there glassing glassed up some elk and we got a little game plan together stood up and turned around and there was about i can't even remember now probably nine ten eleven just smoking hot college girls from the uh colorado springs hiking club and they're all in you know like sports bras and yoga pants and stuff and i'm sure our our chins hit the ground when we turned around and we we sputtered out a couple words and they didn't want to talk to us at all they just kept walking right past us well you're probably like three days in smelled like shit and had oh, it was like grass over in your beard and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. perfect <clears throat> on that same trip i'll tell you um we were in they said Colorado, and I think it was five and a half miles in, you gain 3,500 feet elevation. We camped at 11,500 feet, so we were up there, up there. And, you know, four or five days in, we heard some hikers, and, you know, I always try to talk to them and, and you know, have a good interaction between a hunter and a hiker. Plus, you know, they might have seen some game. So I walked up to this lake that I could hear them at, and there was a woman that had one leg and did that hike in crutches. And it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And we talked to them a little bit. They didn't want to talk to us. But when we got back down to camp, we started talking to this guy that had an archery shop. And uh, he, he knew who she was. And she's, she's really known in that area for hiking these, these you know, crazy trails and stuff with one leg. So she must have had a, like a setup of crutches, not just the old hospital crutches. It, it looked like the hospital crutches. Really? It was, Shit. yeah, it did. I couldn't imagine it that. You hit a pebble wrong with one of those and they just go flying out from the side and you fall down. I couldn't imagine hiking a trail. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. Maybe, maybe she's down there over where I'll be this fall. Maybe I'll run into her. One <laughs> lady. I've heard about you. Yeah. yeah. You do any tricks on that thing? Bit of a legend. Well, have you guys been shooting your bows? Keeping up practice? You're doing better yeah, than I, I am. Think, uh, July was July. I didn't shoot a whole a whole lot, but uh, got some like tennis elbow tendonitis crap going on. So I was trying to give that a little hmm. little Which little hand? rest. Dominant arm. Uh, oh, yeah. No, but yeah, I'm shooting now. Good. Started here a couple weeks. Ago. Back to the daily, the daily shooting ten or twenty years or something. Nothing too crazy. You guys, about on program usually. Do you guys change up setups at all this summer? Or are you just kind of rocking with what you've been doing? No, 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 no. Just keep <laughs> it. Shooting the same thing. Yeah. Sheila and Norma Jean. Yeah, you got to keep them right. Yeah. Can't I've shot fun. the same arrow setup for like 13 years, and about the same bow weight. Yeah. So yeah, nope. I got Norma Jean. She's good. She's good to go. It was good last fall, good this spring. No, no sense in changing it up now. She's got the good mojo. Yeah. How many? So you guys went out, and did a little bear hunt, a little adventure, and peppered each other a little bit here and there. I heard. But uh, how many? Did you shoot two bears? Is that what you got this year? Or did you get three, Bob? I shot. 
I shot two. You got two? And Colton got one? Yeah. Got one. God dang it. And then Neville shot one. I got my turkey. Sweet. Did you? Yep. You didn't send me a picture? Yeah, I did. Quite a while ago. I wasn't with my bow, though. I just, I just thought oh. that. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. It's shotgun stuff. You guys oh, don't care about it. Yeah. No, I tried with the bow. We had a couple. Well, that I was talking to you, wasn't it? When uh, I had that big, tall fence between me and them, and I asked you, what are the odds yeah. they're going to come over this fence, fly off the roost over this fence? And you said somewhere between zero and negative zero. So. That yeah. was about right. They were they were ten yards away from us, just on the wrong side of the fence. We had them there. That early season birds, I'm I'm pretty sure you couldn't call one across the football field because they wouldn't hop across the lines. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> it's back and forth. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's that's cool. You got your bird. So, you're going to Colorado. You're doing. You're hanging uh, out here. And Iowa, Iowa too. For your Iowa, sorry, I'm pointing right at you guys now. Feel like I'm a teacher pointing at you guys the way I was doing that. No, when you're in Iowa, uh, is you said that's when you go with your dad, right? Uh, my dad's got a tag this year. Yeah, he still lives okay. in Wisconsin, so this is like okay. his fifth, fifth Iowa tag, I think, fourth or fifth. So how much so. you guys got to pay to shoot a deer then? I want to say by the time you get your points, a few years of points, I think it's about eight hundred. And then how much is it for the uh, ranch deer that you guys shoot down there on the high fences? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. <laughs> That's all I see from Iowa is giant deer, and I know that they uh, they got to be high fenced, right? Every single one of them. No, they just they just there's just a lot of big buck trees around here. They just they just grow on trees. Yeah, they're behind every tree everywhere you go. Every backyard yep. has a two hundred. What's it? I can't remember. Is it Illinois that's got Pike County, or which is it? Iowa that's got Pike County. That's Illinois. That's Illinois. When, yeah. when that uh, started getting the Boone and Crockett bucks really piling up, was it early 2000s or late 90s or whatever? I heard that people just yeah. poured in from out of state, just expecting to run into 200-inch deer because we're in Pike County. Yeah. yeah. They also have stand pots. Yeah, stand pots. Stand pot. <laughs> He's the one that gets so excited, he about falls out of a tree every time, isn't he? Just that is true. Shakes like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's him. That's the guy. He's down there too, or what? No, he's Illinois. Mm. Okay. I think he was like a Pike guy, Illinois guy. So, yeah, they're a little different though. They got all the big deer, but they're like Wisconsin and everything else is all just over the counter tags. I was like the only draw tag in the in the neighborhood here, like Kansas is, but yeah, next door. I'd rather go to Kansas Minnesota. than Iowa. Yep. So that's why I stayed. So now I can get one every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still got to drive all the way out here, though, to hunt the stuff that you really like. I do a lot of driving. I get, I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> he drives out here about three times a year regardless. So. So that's a plus. No more uh, just, just jamming my foot in the gas pedal and driving the buggy out. Just no cruise, no nothing. Well... The bows keep on going like they are. You'll probably have enough money by the end of the year just to buy a place right up by Colton's, and you can just come up for the fall and live there and drive back yeah. home in the off season. Yeah. That's one thing about me. I, I usually got plenty of money in the bank mm-hmm. for sure. Yep, I'm pretty well. <laughs> I did win four hundred dollars this weekend working the beer tent at did the you? truck bowls in town. 
oh yeah buddy hmm. so tickets they buy raffle tickets with all like the tip money mm-hmm. so the 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 beer tent one fifty one hundred dollars split up between 13 people or something so so i'm actually legit pretty rich right now i have not won <laughs> a thing so <laughs> what did you say legit yeah. rich i thought you said something I'm else rich for right now. yeah I'm gonna spend it though. Don't worry. Oh yeah, this probably already uh, had a spot where it was going before it even hit your hand. If you're like me at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much just gonna give it to Chicky. Is what's gonna happen. Mm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hold on to it for a little while and then give it to her for for some bill or something. I'm sure. Yeah, I kind of have a rolling wish list to where if come across like a little bit of extra money, like win something or something like that, the extra funds that it gets the second it hits my hand, it's already heading to its next spot for sure. So. Oh yeah. Now we know. Huh? We know what that's about. Yeah. We know what that's about. Yeah. The old. <laughs> the old sure. So. Yeah. Uh, Colton, you were doing your uh, raccoon with your longbow. You sent me that video. That was awesome. Is that the first thing you've got, or is that have you done that quite a bit? I've done it quite a bit. I've only killed a handful of them. Like, I don't know, four or five. I've killed. I've called in several more, but they, man, those little things are wily. I mean, they come rushing in in a thick brush. You don't get a shot, and they're really hard to kill. So you really want to shoot them good. You don't want to just shoot at them. Yeah. You know, you want to hit them behind the shoulder really good. But uh, I've been winded a bunch and seen a bunch. You know, it's kind of like you set up almost like duck because they're coming out of the trees sometimes. So you know, you got to set up to where they can't see you from up above and can't see you coming in. You got to play the wind. It's it's. It's interesting. It's a lot, a little more intricate than I thought. Yeah, it's. But, uh, uh, I mean, doing it with a uh, rifle or shotgun or whatever is just like you said. When they come in and they, well, when they come tearing in, it's awesome. But you can get winded real easy if they're not a hundred percent. The ones that are going to do it are going to come no matter what, and they're going to tackle the collar. But there's definitely some that are a little bit more finicky on them. Yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it was kind of funny because, uh, well, I was recording with Chase Thompson down here. And we were just talking about one of our friends was wanting to try to do it with his bow. And then it was like the next morning you sent me that video. So like you had, you were doing it while we were recording the, that podcast talking about it. It was kind of funny. So so it released that morning and I thought you had already listened to it and you were just like, Hey, I did this before. I didn't know that it was, you had done it like right when we were talking about it. So that was was a little bit crazy, but (laughs) yeah, it was cool. I never tried to record it before. I just took a tripod in my iPhone. And I just stuck it in the mud and pointed it towards the call, and it was, like, framed perfectly. Yeah. But I came to come down. So yeah. was there, like, an abandoned house or something up there, like, right over the creek bank or what? No, there was a bunch of big cottonwoods, den trees. Oh, okay, den trees. So I, did, were you just out there uh, barefooting it in the water, or did you have waders on? I had boots on, just rubber boots. Mm. Must have been the small little creek boot. then, huh? Yeah. I couldn't tell really on the video. I just saw that you were like on a bank. I don't even think I saw water in the video. Yeah, I was standing out in the water. There. You can't see it in the in the video, but there was a big branch that come out in front of me. I was kind of using it as a blind. So it looks like I'm just standing out in the open. But where yeah. the coon was, I actually had to lean out. And I clipped a little branch when I shot. You can see it in the video. Did you get him good, though? Yeah. Yeah, he died right there, right off camera. Yeah, I shot one this spring when I was out doing the turkey deal shot one with my bow and i think i well i hadn't shot one with my longbow ever i've done it with a compound but i hit that one just a little bit back and 
I had to run him back down to get my arrow back because he was still going. I had to give him another one. You're saying yeah. don't hit him good. They'll just go. I've shot him good right tight behind the shoulder, and they, they still get in a brush pile, and I lose it and my arrow. They're, they're tough little critters. You do that down there, down the south? You, with the green shirt. You chase coons down there, too. Am I south? I don't think I'm south. You're a lot farther south than us. Yeah, a little bit. Not much. A little bit. Both of you from the south for me, I guess. Yeah, from you, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little further off that Canadian border, for sure. Mm -hmm. But anyways, (laughs) do you you chase them down there, too? Do you go after coons? Or is that not a thing there? No, I have not. Colton's Colton... Colton spends way more time hunting all that shit than me. Coyotes and coons. Have you ever done the coyote or the uh, coons? I mean, I have not. No, that's something you need to try. It's awesome. It's fun when they do it and they come in. They tackle that collar like right in front of you. It's awesome. It sounds pretty cool. It's cool because you'll do six or seven dry stands and you get kind of relaxed about it. Maybe not hold on to your string or not be paying as much of attention as you should. And then one comes flying out of nowhere at five yards tackles your call and you don't even shoot at it (laughs) shit yeah yeah i'm gonna have to try that this year for sure we'll see we'll see what the uh, season brings but i want to do it with my bow now after i saw that video that looked awesome so we've did it a whole lot it seems like you know we do it in the winter when we coyote hunt and i've never called one in in the winter i don't know if just the warm weather or whatever but they tend to react to the call a lot more in the warmer weather well, I wonder if they're not breeding in the summer then, if that's why, and they den up. And I don't really know when they have their young. I know it's spring, but I don't know when they breed or anything. So I don't know if it's... They're young or, I don't know, like little Nerf footballs now. I see them yeah. hit on the road, so... Yeah, I just saw some last night. Well, my tire saw them, too. Got a little family. Saved some eggs. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> hey, they're going to die either way, whether if I'm shooting them or it's the pickup. <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah, they were about in their football size too. Yeah, that's all I was getting at. But, yeah. Yeah. What else? So, now you guys get the uh, spiel on the bear hunt on the uh, Broken Arrow podcast. And uh, I had, so the one that you lost uh, the meat on, I didn't really understand what happened there. It might have been because I wasn't paying attention, I was working. But what happened to where you didn't get all the meat or it got too hot? Is that what it was? I would say it it was warm. Um, I got through the diaphragm, so he was pretty ripe when Colton found him. Okay. Um, we did some trimming on the meat before we took the meat, put him in the creek, um, got him in the cooler. And then he was in the cooler for five days or something, a, a while. Um, and she was she was pretty bad when I left. Um, real pretty, bad. Pretty rank. Yeah. Um, the hide still is, the hide is not good. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but like it just, like that side he was laying on was the gut side. Um, it was, it was, it was pretty gross. Um, are you sending it off to get done? Could have been better. It's not, it's not what you like to see for sure. Um, are you sending the hide so off yeah. to get done or what? Yeah, that would be the plan. Okay. Um, I'll see if my buddy wants to do it or if I got to take it somewhere else. I was kind of wondering with it seeping like that, be on the side too, if that would affect anything with the uh, with the hide, or if they can, if it's going to hurt anything at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it shouldn't I hurt anything. What's that? Cool. I was just saying it shouldn't hurt anything. I mean, it was just the 
you know, digestive juices come out of the hole. You know, he, like you said, he, he went in good, come out back, and then it ended up just dying on the side that was back. So a lot of that gut juice, I mean, came out underneath the hide and went from like the shoulder to the hip. You could just see it on, on the hide. You could, you could smell it. And yeah. like Bob, Bob said, we tried to hydrate it and get all the, the bad stuff off. But, you know, I just was pretty, pretty bad. You could smell the, the gutty smell and pretty much all the meat. Yeah. It was what, 65 degrees and it laid out there. All, you know, you shot in the evening. We found it the next morning, kind of later in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I suppose there's a couple things you could have done different. Uh, I Maybe. I don't know. Maybe if I'd have got them to the locker. and like, Because it smelled pretty good when we got back. It was way better than it was when I left. Um, so, I don't I, I don't know. I, I'd say we gave it a pretty damn good effort, though, for sure. So Gave it the college try, at least. Definitely. And bears, they're hot. Eyes are real insulative, anyways, and they hold the heat in. Yeah. Well, it'd yeah, be it's a... kind of awesome. We started doing that. We started tracking in the mornings a year ago. Like if you don't, death, if they don't death mount or you don't see them fall, you like wait to go back in the morning, which I would say has helped the recovery rate for sure. But then obviously you're running some other chances as far as if you get some gut stuff in there, you know it's less good when it's 65 70 if they've been there for 15 hours or whatever um, probably not 15 what 12 or so i suppose Maybe well i mean 15 would be uh, you shoot them at seven eight o'clock and we find them 10 o'clock the next morning yeah so, yeah it was about 15 so now so, what when you because it was you or colton found him down in that brush how close were you guys to if you wouldn't have found him there how close were you guys to calling it quits on it and thinking he got away or something or did you still have a lot of finding left to do? Because it was oh, like yeah. you ran out of blood, okay. didn't you? Yeah. So, like, I was still at last blood trying, you know, we were checking trails going down into that thick stuff. Um, and I hadn't found any more blood. So I was back rechecking the last blood we had found and then was going to just figure you're going to have to just dive down the hill. And old Colton come. Well, I heard a bunch of rustling around in the brush, and I was like, Hey. <laughs> hey, Bear. Nothing. Hey, Bear. Hey. hey. Colt, Colt. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Bunch of huffing and puffing. <laughs> Finally, like, hey, where are you at? Hey, up here, man. Yeah, we was, 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 was on a logging road and, and lost the last blood. And, you know, we walked the logging road and there was some, some good logs. And, you know, you're... A lot of times the bears, when they're not bleeding, you're finding smears. You know, it's it's holding in the fur, and then it smears yeah. on the brush. And uh, so we crossed a couple of bear logs, and if there wasn't no smears on it, you know, you pretty much guess he didn't he didn't cross it. You know, there's just gray logs, almost like a piece of paper. You know, if any blood at all is on them, you see them. So we just started cutting bear trails, and and I followed this bear trail down over the mountain. And I noticed that another bear trail came into it. And I was like, maybe all these bear trails converge, you know, farther down the mountain. So I just kept following it. And obviously they were coming out of that draw to the bait. So there was several good worn bear trails. And I hit another bear trail, hit another bear trail. They all started converging into one. And then finally the bear trail that came into it had a smear of blood. So then it, it followed the main trail and I, I could find some good smears. And I found him about 40 yards later. It's not bad. Yeah. 
by find was it thick enough by found him you uh stumbled onto him or could you see him up there oh i mean you were you're five feet from him before you see him yeah i've been in some thick stuff i shot a doe i shot a first day of archery one year when i was still in high school and our first day of archery was like september 1st that year like first or second it was really early and it was hot and humid and i shot this doe and she went down to some buck brush like well perfect shot like boilermaker but she ran straight downhill and just put on put on some not miles but deep yards it was like a couple hundred yards it should have been like a 20 yard tip over nosedive but she kept on going she buried herself into some buck, buck brush but there's enough blood i knew she was in there and i was fighting things and i literally tripped over her because she had like buried herself down into grass grass in that buck brush and i tripped over her i felt it on my foot so yeah <laughs> so how do you drag yeah. that bear out of there then out of that thick shit. Did I miss that oh, podcast too? You didn't. You just piece it out in the shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would have you guys go into detail on it, but uh, Broken Arrow already already did it, and they're coming on next week. Them two hooligans. They'll be on the next week's show. So kind of a plug to get you guys over there to listen to theirs too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hardest part is is clearing out enough brush to where you can get a decent picture when you find them get a decent picture get some room to work yeah 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 that'd be my thing too. Got, no, it's his hot tool he's got some little hatchet no it's not a hatchet Ooh, you got her back there hat. i got it here somewhere i'm pretty sure we named sven at my bear named it what then he did it didn't have a name until we were cutting the bear up i think i think he got the name sven, sven? while we were in that bear do you name He's everything? Finished. Like, do you have a fa- favorite pen that you name Harry or something? I don't, but if, if I had a pen I liked, I would name it, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Who's that little it? thing is so handy. Has it got a little counter on the side in case you forget how to count, or what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's a little... Oh, I just okay. put a, just a ruler on it. That's cool. Do you make that, yeah. or do you buy it? No, it's a Grainsford Brook. It's a Swedish company called the hunter's axe this thing is handy as shit i've cut up bears antelope deer i was on a uh, bison hunt last year cut up two bison with it it's super handy so now when are you gonna start throwing it and killing shit with it when the bow gets too uh <laughs> too boring for you or what i have to buy a cheaper one to throw it at trees did <laughs> did you guys see uh tim wells with his hippo yeah Jesus. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at that guy smiling. Dude. You, Bob, did you say you didn't see it? I did not, no. He got a hippo with a spear. Like, full-grown bull hippo. Got him with a spear. At it again, huh? That dude, I aspire to be as cool as he is. I don't know how they make pants big enough for his nuts for some of the shit that he does. Like, a hippo? Isn't it hippo and uh, elephants are the deadliest in Cape Buffalo? They're part of the top five, and most people are afraid of him, and he just, you know, got a spear. Here. Whack it. Yeah. yeah. I think hippos are technically killing more people than anything else. I think. Yeah. Are you guys going to Africa ever? Either of you got plans for it? No, I, I just won $300. I, I was excited. And I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. It made, it made my it made my. That type of that type of hunting don't excite me any. Yeah, see, I, I've never been on a guided hunt. I've never went to a preserve or nothing like that. I, well, I take that back. When I was nineteen, I did a a pig hunt in Florida. I paid a guy like two hundred forty bucks to use his dogs. 
that's the closest thing I've ever come to a guided hunt. I don't. That's not my style. Yeah, mine either. And some of the stuff that they shoot, I mean, they're you're just sitting there at a watering hole, just waiting for the one you want to come in. That that's always kind of bored me. Like the hunting shows, if they're doing Africa, I would switch it over and I wouldn't say I'd watch fishing over it, but I'd find something else to watch. I loved watching the whitetail back in the day, but yeah, Africa just kind of looks like it'd be cool, but at the same time, it's not real, not really hunting. Be like going to Texas and buying your animal and just sitting there at a water hole. Yeah. It would be cool. Not high on the priority list for sure. Yeah. Would you guys shoot a zebra if you did go down? Absolutely. I would say yes. (laughs) See, I can't do that. It's just a horse to me. I can go out in a pasture and shoot a horse. I'm not going across the world to shoot a striped horse. I'd shoot a horse too. (laughs) (laughs) You look like you had something to say there. There we go. No, no, that's it. That's it. Right. it looked like Nijanero. Did, did you boys, I'm assuming you did, you see the, uh, speaking of shooting a horse, do you see that lady with the uh, husky she scun out this year? Yeah. You, see, you haven't seen that either? No, man, I live in Iowa. I, don't, I, I, I go golf all the time, and then I do some hunting in the spring and fall. Some, some lady in Montana this year, she went out, and they were deer hunting or something, and thought, thought she saw wolves, and... <sighs> shot them and they were huskies she scun them out and had it had it sitting on the tailgate all scun out and everything i did see this yeah yeah saying it was a wolf yeah that was makes a guy nervous what? she's out there with the gun too yeah what it was a few years ago that guy shot all the what he shot like three great shepherds or great pyrenees shepherds i think they were german shepherds mm. i think he shot three of them what do you think they were did Not you know that they were a dog Oh, no, he thought they were wolves oh. or something, yeah. They're kind of uh, yellowish to be a wolf. Yeah, yeah, he got he got, he got got worked over on the internet. Oh, I'm that. sure. Have you guys uh, looked into uh, mountain lion hunting at all? Or have you done it? Have not done it. Definitely looked into it a bunch. On the list? Colton? That'd be on the list. I shot one once and didn't recover it, but I don't... Yeah, I've been invited a couple people's invited me to uh, run them with hounds. I called one in elk hunting and uh, got an arrow in it. And it wasn't a good arrow. It, it ran when I shot and uh, never did recover it. But uh, and I called one in coon hunting one time, actually. Really? Came in about eight yards and just stood there and stared at the call looking away from me. It was it was really neat. Little one or big one? Uh, both of them were young. Both of them young? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do it. I don't have hounds and, you know, that's kind of a – I don't know, you got to be invited or, or, you know. No, a guy that knows a, a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know I know guys that know guys is the thing. But after all the hunting I do, then all of a sudden when my wife thinks everything's done, say, no, never mind, now I'm going to the other side of the state for a week to go chase around lions in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of hard after she just went through three months of me hunting straight. So one of these <laughs> days, though, it's it's heavy on the list. Like, it's uh, that and Black Bear are my top two on the list yet that I've got to hit. Yeah. But I want to run them with hounds too. I would I would pay money to lion hunt. Yeah. I don't have any, but I would, I would pay money. <laughs> well, so me and my cousin, we made a list when I was in college. We were of the things that we wanted. Like top of the list was red stag in New Zealand and shit like that. I don't know what jobs we thought we were gonna get. Like I'm, I'm gonna be a mechanic, and he wanted to be a HVAC or something. Like we're not, we're not gonna make enough money to go to New Zealand for Red Stag. Let's keep it in the states. That list kind of, yeah, 
that list didn't uh, last very long. The top things on, I don't remember what they all were. I think it was like also New Zealand, Black Swan, and a bunch of stuff that I was traveling around. And those things all kind of got bumped down to the bottom. The things we can do in the U.S. have all moved up. You can yeah. do New Zealand for somewhat affordably. Affordably, yeah, I don't, crazy expensive. But now with Australia yeah. for now, real cheap. Both you guys don't have any kids, so you can say it's affordable. I went to Australia on $2,700. Really? Yeah, more. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I, I thought it'd be more than that. What, what did you do down there? I hunted an uh, Asiatic water buffalo. I think we talked about that. You didn't get one, though, did you? No, uh-uh. So, Had well, opportunities, just yeah. muffed them. Yeah, I think we talked about that on the last one. Or just me and you talking talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can travel for, for cheap. Me and Bob's pretty much got it down. That's kind of how we we got together and started hanging out was we all know how to take $10 and live a week on it. Yeah. Well, if, if we're driving, I can do it. I just, flying is so expensive anymore. That, that makes me nervous. I paid 1400 for my plane ticket to Australia. Was that part of the 2700 Yeah. So then. Yeah, it was a, a it was a trade to hunt thing. They want to come and, and, and hunt United States for elk and antelope. And they had the, the hookup to hunt on Aboriginal land over in Australia. So I went over there with them, and and they're going to come over here with me. So, hmm. when are they so you know, they, over? they had, you know, they had the food and stuff like that. We just ate like normal, like you know, you would at your house. I had cereal for breakfast and granola bars and whatever for lunch, and then chicken and rice and stuff like that. You know, just normal stuff there at camp. So, so it was the, all pretty cheap. They were Australian too, like they lived down there. Yeah, yeah. When, when are they coming up this way? Uh, I don't know. Um, one was to hunt antelope. The other one was to hunt bison. And don't we all want to hunt know, bison? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't got a good uh, good in for that yet. Working on it, but I ain't got a good in for that yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How was it down there? Like the people wise, like were they all into the hunting too? I'm assuming the people you're around were into it, but like was it looked down on a lot more, or were you just not around those he type told- of people? He told me whenever I flew there not to wear camouflage and not to wear like, you know, I don't know if he thought I was going to show up looking like a buck or a duck commander or what, but <laughs> he said, don't, don't wear your, your camouflage and, and stuff like that. Cause I was flying into, um, Sydney. Melbourne, Melbourne. Okay. no Melbourne. And then flying from there into, uh, cans. And I, I, uh, stayed two days in Cannes. So in case I lost my luggage on the way that it would have two days to catch up with me before we flew out of there to the little, uh, mining village they lived in. And then we drove from there, but, but yeah, so we were like, like kind of like flying into LA or flying into New York. Like you don't want to, you know, advertise that you're there hunting and stuff like that, just in case. But just in case. yeah, I mean the, the, the hunting community there was, it was a lot different. It was, like I got some hunting magazines and stuff while I was there and it was all like SCI score didn't matter how they killed it just with a rifle and blue jeans. And it was all about how big the animal was. And it was, it was a different, different hunting culture. It was more of a score based, you know, thing. That kind of shocks me actually. I thought it'd be a lot more for, for the food. Are they, and that could, they all, you know, they, they live off Asian water Buffalo and, and, uh, you know, they hunt, um, Rusa deer and, uh, pigs and, and stuff like that too. Kangaroo. Uh, yeah, you, you uh, I would do that. That would hit the I list. Think, I think 
so as a, I don't even know if you could shoot them as a non-resident. It was a, it's kind of a blanket law where anything that's native, you can't shoot it. So we couldn't shoot, you know, the, the kangaroos and, and as uh, wallabies. And they said there was emus. I never saw them or crocodiles and stuff like that. We couldn't shoot that. We could shoot anything invasive, Asianic water buffalo, wild dogs, um, feral cats if you've seen them we didn't see any is that uh, pigs dingoes is that the wild dogs or is that a different thing no uh uh dingo is a pure blood pure blood a uh, wild dog has been bred with domesticated dogs and i actually killed a wild dog while i was there shot with my longbow that was pretty cool be like shooting a coyote yeah it was it, it was it was just like i squeaked several of them in they, they weren't real wild about me shooting one i so I shot one, and they didn't really like it, so I didn't shoot anymore. But oh. I squeaked seven more of them in. Could have shot them. I shot at them. They come in that close. You got to do it. That's just oh, a yeah. picture as a coyote to me. So, Fuck yeah, them. they were. <laughs> I understand because they were they were a lot less skittish than a coyote. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were more tame. Yeah, they seemed it. Like you could tell nobody really messed with them. Yeah, we're on Aboriginal land, and they don't really do anything with them. So you know, they're used to seeing people walking around and and, and vehicles. And yeah, so now you're you're saying the things that were down there, and the things that actually jumped out to me. Like if I went down there in the list, I wouldn't want to fuck around that buffalo because I want to get run over by one. So I would been I would go after like emu or ostrich and a kangaroo. Those would be the top of my list down there. I might be a weirdo, <laughs> and that might be the waterfowler in me. But can you imagine getting an emu and an ostrich? Where would you even aim at on it? You aim for the head, the neck, like a turkey. You aim for the body, or I guess what? like a turkey. An ostrich is an African animal. Uh, but emu, emu same thing. Uh, right? I guess you shoot them like you would a turkey. Hmm. I think they're pretty uh, similar. I'd, I'd shoot one like a turkey. Yeah, why not? That would have been awesome. That would have been real cool. I would. That's a full body mount. If you just walk around a corner and someone's got emu just standing there, full body mounted. <laughs> So yeah, you really had to be careful over there. You just didn't know, you know, it was it was a different different world. It was pretty wild. Yeah, about all the things I know about Australia are from uh Kangaroo Jack and uh other things you see on TV is about it. I'd like to go. It'd be Crocodile cool. Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. He's not he's not there very long though, so Quigley. Was it Quigley Down oh, Under? Yeah, Quigley Down Under. Yeah, I watched the show of that as a kid. Oh, that's a good movie. What was it? Was it a sharps rifle? Is that what he shot? Yeah, yeah. God, what a badass! An experimental rifle with experimental ammunition. Yep, that was it. Well, <laughs> God dang it! Now I'm gonna have to go to my parents and dig that VHS tape out. I know right where it's setting too. Right next to uh, John Wayne one, El Dorado. Is that no? Not that's not El Dorado. John Wayne one is El something town name. But yeah, they're sitting side by side because they were my favorite ones growing up. Repeat. Most kids are watching Winnie the Pooh, and I was watching. John Wayne and uh, Quigley Down Under. Good movies. Yeah, that and the Real Tree Monster Bucks and Bulls. Or them bitches <laughs> out. Yeah. Well, Bob, tell us some stories. Holy cow. Me and Colton just been carrying her away. You're just enjoying. You're just like a fly on the wall. Yeah, that's how I roll most of the time. <laughs> Have you been anywhere then, or do you just kind of stick in the States? No, I haven't left the States. You haven't, you haven't even gone up to Canada or nothing? Uh, no, not hunting or anything, no. Okay. That's, uh, where me and my friend are, the one I'm going on this elk hunt with this fall, we're, uh, well, Mountain Lion and Black Bear are the next ones on our list, too. 
we're trying to decide if we want to go like you guys over to Idaho or if we want to go up. He's well, he shot a black bear up in uh, Canada. He won a guided trip. He's lucky and shit talking about winning your money. He wins every drawing he puts in for guns, snowmobile, guided hunt, everything. But anyways, he wants to uh, go back up there and shoot another bear. So I haven't decided if I want to go up to Canada and pay those prices or try to DIY it over in Idaho. Or Wyoming. I mean, I guess would be, well, ain't really even going to be any closer for you, hardly. No, I'm up here in the corner. Either way, I'm going all the way across Montana. Right. Which I have a friend down in uh, Jackson Hole. And he hunts them every year, and uh, he's like got the base and stuff like that. So I don't know about the tag down there. That sounds good, huh? I would say that sounds good if you got a guy that's got a couple of ran a couple of baits somewhere, etc. Got him <clears throat> a little bit. I would say that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, as far as having a bait that's been run. And so he was explaining it to me too. It was something like uh, they go up. Like, not for sale, but, like, there's, like, I don't know. Like, if you picture, like, a square map, and then they divide that into quadrants, like, squares, little chunks of squares, yeah. and you can, like, buy that square. And once you have it once, then as long as you renew it every single year, it's yours indefinitely, and then you can pass it down. And uh, sure. But once they come available, it's, like, they're gone like that. And so he somehow got one, one or two or three or something passed down from a different guy that he knew and so he's got some now he's originally from here like i graduated with him and stuff so yeah august was talking about that how they were wanting to try to do some baiting over in uh wyoming i got a buddy brad jones he does it over in the bighorns yeah i'm trying i'm trying to think what they're in the tetons is where he's at they're not in jacksonville they're south and west of there it's uh star valley is the area that he lives in i don't know where the baits are if they're right there or not but it's like 30 40 miles from jackson hole Maybe. Yeah, it's not too. Well, what, what's I the town? What's that? I know Star Valley real well. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. How? That's where I did all my elk hunting and mule deer hunting. Really? So like, uh, I can't even think of the names of the towns right now. There's like a bunch of tiny little towns there. Afton. Yeah. Right. And then, um, yeah, there's a bunch of tiny little. I don't even know if they're towns or like it's one long community all the way out through the valley. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a big star. Well, Star Valley. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, is the big. Yeah, that's where that's he lives there in the Star Valley, and then yeah, like I've been there quite a few times. Have you have you since you said you golf? Have you golfed out there? I have not. No. It's beautiful. It's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Not that this is a golfing podcast at all, but next yeah. time you go out Remember, there, I'm still, I'm still poor. I just golf across the street. You know, I pay me three hundred a year for the season pass, and then I just just show up there well they have the they got a pile of golf courses down there and the one that we normally go to is pretty cheap i want to say it was like 30 bucks for yeah. nine holes no, in a cart. it was like it was really reasonable but then you can go to the expensive ones where it was like hundreds of dollars and we had to wear collars and everything we didn't fit in very well we had collars on but we did not fit in with the rest of the crew that was there when he went there for his uh bachelor yeah. party or something i don't remember but oh, yeah. Yeah. it looked like you just zoned out colton Oh, yeah, I, I was just, I was, just, uh, golf. I was excited going, oh. to hear about this golf. Yeah, yeah, let's get off of that. So, <laughs> when, when you're going to uh, Colorado, when are you heading down for that? Is that September rut, or what are you thinking? Uh, we're doing the last two weeks, so it'll be after the early muzzleloader. Oh, so you're going to be. I think we're there for a day of early muzzleloader. Like, there's a day or two overlap, but. 
Are you uh, going to go down at all early, or is anyone going to go at all to kind of scout out the area? No. That gives me the willies thinking. Complete, completely blind? <laughs> Don't bring that up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. That's, yeah, I kind of mentioned it. Like, that's the first time. It's the first time in a long time. Like, otherwise, yeah. we've hunted, you know, years and years at places. So, like, I don't know. I figured it'd be like a whole week of just, where's the roads at? What trailhead is good? Like, where did you kind of like to maybe go for, you know, the second week? You know, just all that stuff. I kept thinking about going, and I want, like, oh, maybe I could sneak another sneak another trip in somewhere, but that's eh, probably not happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like 16 hours, so, I mean, it's not super far, but far, far enough. Yeah, I mean. So. Well, if you're going with a couple guys, though, 16 hours, you can break it up. You guys can drive nonstop because you can break it up and – if you're going a couple guys in multiple vehicles, that's different. But if you're doing like one or two vehicles and a bunch of guys, then 16 hours ain't too yeah. bad because you can just sleep and someone's always driving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we'll get there in a decent amount of time. So it's just going to be a lot of that, you know, figuring out what, like I said, roads and, you know, what trailhead you like or which ones you just don't want to go back to or, you know, mm-hmm. see the ground. Don't want to spend any more time here. We kind of like that spot. Go back later. You know, that whole kind of sorting out what you like or don't like and just all that logistical crap that takes a bunch of time yeah so it'll be all chicky's a little worried that i haven't begun backpacking i've been getting a little cushy with this truck camping stuff you know you know truck camping uh it's been a little while since it's been like a legit backpacking deal (laughs) so (laughs) living out of the pack yeah, you can, you can you think you can do that? You're getting pretty old now. I was like, oh, it's gonna be fine, <laughs> He's out here busting my balls. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with truck camping. I'm fine with it. I'm not hardcore yeah. enough to uh, backpack in. But again, I guess if I got a good tag somewhere like Colorado or Wyoming, really good one, and that was the only way you're gonna get a you know chance or whatever, I'd make it happen. But I'm okay with the uh, truck camping. Got plug in in my pickup so I can air up an air mattress and everything. Make it real nice. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be all right. I've been getting all my stuff ready, getting, you know, buying some new trinkets and, and whatnot, so that's fun. Yeah, so uh, that, three, uh, that money that you won, that's right where it went, right? Yeah, I, I haven't spent any of it yet. I put it in my special money folder up on the up on the bookshelf, but I'm just holding on to it. I've spent it like 16 ways in my head, so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I'm just deciding what I want, but what I'm going to give it to yeah, my issue is like like I said, I got that list of things, and usually it's gone right away. But then as soon as I buy it, like, I have instant regret. Oh, there's other things I could have done instead that were a little bit more important at the time. Like, yeah, yeah. So I've learned. You've been running the. I hit the. I try to hold on to it for a few days first. Mm. Like I can't do that. It's spent period, but like I do, I try to wait a little bit now and like make sure I didn't need to spend it on something else first. If it's a weekday, it doesn't make it twenty four hours with me. If it's weekend, then I got time to think and we can figure it out. But if it's a weekday and we get a little, you know, influx <laughs> like that, something's getting bought real quick. Yeah, um, I was gonna say with the backpacking, I, I say it's backpacking, but we only like now we've kind of got our weasel down so like we'll do like a we'll take like three days of food so it's just like a two-day loop back to the truck two-day loop like so you move around not i think the first year well the first few years you would take like five or seven days of food mm-hmm. and like hike in the spot and just stay there forever well then you got to move it all is a thing if you uh, run into something or realize you have to move you're moving a lot of shit again i like your idea right. like two or three days is a lot more manageable right 
And either there's elk there or there's not. And if there's elk there, we're going to bump them in two days. <laughs> like, they, they ain't going to be there anymore. <laughs> so, Especially you guys so camping like that. Based on the uh, stories you guys have with your pepper spray, you're going to be camped up like 200 yards away from the elk waiting for morning and someone's going to, what is it, uh, send out a friendly mist or casually, casually bear spray somebody and you're going to kick everything out. Colton, you might as well talk about the inert can. Oh, oh yeah. man. My girlfriend, my girlfriend got a training can at work and brought it home for me. And I've got, I got people today with it at the bow shoot. It's, it's my new favorite thing to do. I'll like pull it out and like just start sweeping people with it, acting like I'm looking at it and be like, y'all know anything about fixing these safeties? And everyone's like, you know, ducking <laughs> out of the way and don't want it pointed at them like it's a gun. And then I'll just, just douche them and it's, it's a, it's a good time. What's in the yeah. inert can? It's, it's an inert can. I guess it's just I know water. it's not corn, so I'm good. Like it's Yeah, Bob didn't fall for it. He's so like, a, I didn't fall for shit. I was like, I've been sprayed. That did not spray. Like, I was just cool. But... <laughs> But it's loud. I mean, it, it you know, yeah. kind of bucks back. It's it's for training, you yeah. know, because it's the real thing. It just doesn't have the pepper in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If you had one, you could just fill up with water, like our uh, water fire extinguishers we have at work. You just fill them up with water, and then you take it air, it's like an air chuck, and put your pressure in it, so we can keep reusing. It'd be awesome if you had one of those. Just fill it up <laughs> with water and pretend like you're screwing around with it or whatever, and hit someone, just blast them with water. I mean, who That's knows? Pretty much all it is. Yeah. Um, you, it well, don't, you don't get you wet. I don't remember what exactly it is. It's but. probably not good to get on your skin. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. So, both of you guys have been a little bit traditional. Do either of you do any trapping at all? I do. I, I don't. He's the trapping guy. He does all the cool stuff, and I just shoot deer and go out west once in a while. And build bows. <laughs> and build bows, yeah. What do you uh, trap for over there? Uh, back east, I trapped a lot of uh, um, uh, beaver, muskrat, and red fox and dabbled with the coyote a little bit. But when I moved out here, I started hitting the coyotes and the, the, the bad raccoons. Bud, you sound like uh, a city slicker when you keep saying coyote. Coyotes? I have, a, I have a firm belief that if you grew up country at all, it's coyote. And if you grew up in the city, you only saw coyotes on Wiley Coyote cartoons, and that's why they call them coyotes. And I have I've been coyotes all my it life. It has been ninety nine percent of the time. I am right on with that. Anybody that's around me, it's coyote. Anybody that came from yep. the city or east or west coast, it's coyote. And it ooh, jerks me. Hurts my feelings. Yeah. You got dead bears <laughs> hanging behind you, but you're still calling them coyotes. Yeah. Bolton's a city slicker as they get, man. He's a real, he's a real yeah. So anyways moving to LA next month. <laughs> You'd fit right in. I started trapping the coyote, coyotes. Yeah, however y'all hilljacks say it. Coyote. <laughs> coyote. Coyotes. Started trapping coyotes a lot more when I moved out here. Okay. More of a way to to get. Uh, and well, you know they were worth something, but now anymore it's just a way to kind of appease landowners and ranchers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them in the good graces. So is that just what you're sticking with then? Is just just the coyotes? Yeah, pretty much. I don't trap a whole lot anymore, but have when you, I need to, I pull out the traps. Where are you at again? You're in Central, but like how how close to Mountain Central are you? South Central. I live in Montana. It's an hour south of or shit, uh, Red Lodge. Okay. It's an hour south of Billings. Okay. 
we didn't have to get that specific. But I was just trying to do memory. I guess you're not really going to go out there on a the ski slope and shoot very much stuff, so you're probably pretty good. But I was just wondering, uh, do you guys deal with the wolves at all there? Have you thought about wolf trapping at all? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me. Nothing against it at all. It'd be kind of cool, but I like checking traps that have stuff in them. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> so I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. You just got to get good at it. Like, I got better stuff to do than I don't know, everyone I talk to that catches wolves or, you know, they talk about, a, you know, a few here and there and I appreciate what they're doing, but I don't know. That's, and we don't, I don't, I haven't seen that many. I spend a lot of time in the mountains. So I don't think they're as thick as what people say here. I'm thinking a wolf pelt would look mighty cool next to that bear pelt right up there on the wall. Yeah. Have you called any of them in at all? Or have you just nope. seen them here and there? I've never seen a wolf. Oh, you haven't at all? Never, ever seen one. Mm. I've seen uh, tracks. You know, I've heard them. But, I mean, very, very, very few. Did I uh, tell you about when we were turkey hunting this year? And the sun was going down and the uh, coyotes and all the howling we had going on around us? Or did uh -huh. I not? So... Uh, I went out with uh, my friend Ben. He looks, he's got like the same beard as you, except for it's bright orange. Kind of looks like you, but not, not even at all. If you could picture that. So anyways, Perfect. we, uh, we went out, uh, we were pretty much going to scout in the evening and, uh, figure out where we were going to set up for morning, roost some birds. And we were down in the river bottom in the breaks and it's real, real thick stuff. I've actually told the story on here, so I'm going to kind of speed up a little bit for you guys to give you the key notes. Anyways, we're down the bottom river bottom. It's the breaks. You've seen the breaks. Breaks are real rough. And uh, you have it. I've been here yeah. So we're down in there. We get these turkeys are out there in the field. We tried to get ahead of them because there's cottonwoods along the river. And then they were out in the field past the cottonwoods. So we were trying to like, uh, what would you say, parallel them or whatever and get to the point to where they like cross in front of us before we were, we were hoping to try to get one in the evening. Well, anyways, they got in the trees before we could get there and they roosted up and we were already sitting in some trees. And they were close enough to us that we didn't want to go until it was complete dark because we didn't want to scare them out. Which this was like my first or second like time actually turkey hunting too, so I was learning. So that's why I was with him. And uh, anyways, so we're sitting there against the tree and it's starting to get dark. The owls start hooting. Turkeys are gobbling. And they start quieting down. Coyotes start howling out there. And they're howling all the way around us out there in the breaks. And then it just gets quiet for like a half a second. And then you just hear, ooh, just a deep lone howl that wasn't a coyote at all there's no way it was unless he had laryngitis and fucking biggest nuts of a coyote ever just deeper and shit long and it stopped and it was real quiet for a bit it was like it felt like a full minute but it's probably like 10 15 seconds and then all the coyotes picked back up and they're doing their yip and high stuff too and i looked over at him and i said uh that didn't sound like a coyote he said that wasn't no goddamn coyote i said that kind of sounded like a wolf he's like i really think that was wolf and it, it, I mean, obviously they sound a lot closer than they are, especially bouncing around all those hills and stuff, the uh, echo. And I was like, so what do we do? He's like, we should probably get out of here. I was like, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> Picked up our shit and got rolling. It was dark enough that we were about to get up anyways, but just, yeah, we get them here and there out here. Like you'll hear people seeing them, hear them, things like that, but it's not, they're kind of cruising through either out of Canada or came from the West or something. But yeah, that's, that's the last one that I heard. And, I kind of forgot how hair-raising it is when they howl off. It's deep, and it's it's something. Got a buddy, uh, Bubba Graves. He howled one in up in Alaska this year and shot it with his longbow. Fuck that. That's, 
That's big balls to do that. Has there ever been anyone attacked by a wolf? I, I haven't. I don't think so. I can, I can speak on my own. I, I don't know. Well, you guys probably watched <laughs> the gray. I don't think they're an animal. You saw the guy strap glass to his fingers and bite him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I'm not the one to answer that question. I'm not a wolf biologist. Yeah, I don't know. You don't, you don't ever hear of anybody getting. No, I don't think so. You know, I, I heard a, a cool story. They don't story even have wolves down, down there. What are you chiming in for? Hey, I've heard a wolf once. He spent. <laughs> I'd say you've spent more, more nights in tents and tarps in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana. True. Very true. Yeah. You, well, you could probably just go straight north if you up into Minnesota to, uh, if you really wanted to get into wolf country too. Yeah, I know there's some up there towards Canada. Um, I don't know how many they are. I don't. I don't go up there too much. Oh, you don't like Minnesota anymore? I mean, don't I don't go at all. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't go either if I didn't have to. Sometimes. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I got a pretty strict schedule. Little deer hunt, little out westy stuff, and then that's pretty much. Pretty much burned all the money and uh, time. I have to sit at home for a while. Have you thought about bear hunting at all, like in Minnesota, in those areas, since it's a little bit closer? Or are you just happy with being west? No, I got, I've got like axe points for bears in Wisconsin, um, so need to get that figured out. But it's always like the first week of September. Oh, about the time I started getting serious. About the time I probably would have went, we went out west for the first time, and well. Now, now September is a little busier than it, you know, than it was before. So it'd be cool. I'd like to do it. Go shoot a big old fat Wisconsin black bear. Wasn't it one from Wisconsin or was it Minnesota that rode the uh, boat down south and walked his way all the way back? Or do you bear? Guys, yeah, you guys not know what I'm talking about. Some some bear was collared or something, or they tracked him all the way from Arkansas or something. He walked his way all the way north or vice versa, and they think that he came down like he fell asleep on one of the barges that went south or somehow ended up on a barge and rode all the way down south and then walked his way all the way back north. This was a couple of years ago. I remember it being a big <laughs> yeah. deal. Like it was an outdoor life magazine and everything. Yeah. They come through here. Um, there was one by the grocery store 30 miles over hanging out for a few days. Um, were your fingers just itching? Did you have the bow waiting for someone to give you the call? The police yeah, department? Yeah, Bob, right. it's your time. Better so, went 30 miles instead of 3,000. That would be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're saying we're supposed to have like a resident bear herd in like the next five to 10 years, which really? sounds about right. That'd be cool. They're all around us. Yeah. So no, that'd be cool. You guys swap from the live. Mm hmm. This, this big. Big, fat, and happy bears. A lot of grain. Corn. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just eating corn. Yeah, as long as you guys... Corn and beans. If, yeah. Do you guys uh, do any bow fishing this year, or do you guys not get any time at all? Like me. I get, I did a little bit. You got a, a little bit. A couple times. When... Nothing crazy? Yeah. Didn't fall in the water? Uh, nothing too crazy. I went down with that. <laughs> August Desson down there and Cody just went out and it was really cool. Last time we went out, they were, uh, they were, uh, like potted up out in the middle. Like you would just, you would watch and you'd see that like 15, 20 of them's mouths just coming all out. And it just looked like, like bubbles. And then you would, 
you'd go out there there was a little bit of chop so you had to like position the boat where the the waves wouldn't chop on the side of the aluminum boat then you couldn't let your your uh your uh shadow go over them it was like stocking them with a trolling motor it was really neat then you get close enough and shoot them into a big wad of them it was really cool that's pretty cool were you kind of like uh, flock shooting or were you picking one out in the wad or were you just shooting and playing? Uh, if they were close enough, you picked one out or, you know, if they would, sometimes you'd get close to them and they'd kind of like scatter out and go down and you'd pick one out. But a couple of times we just shot into the middle of them if we couldn't quite get close enough. What was that thing? Oh, just a feather. Oh, I thought it was a knife. I was like, you're just playing with a knife over here or something. <laughs> Uh, arts and crafts over here. I took a feather and put a knock on it. Okay. I just saw that orange. I thought it was a piece of handle that kind of looked like a blade. I was like, okay. Start throwing the wall. The next thing is going to start throwing the axe, too. After yeah. you said you're not going to do it. Did you, did you uh, go out at all, bow fishing this year, Bob? Or is that not your gig? No. The closest I got was trying to tell August how to fix his bow fishing setup um, to get his reel back on there. So. <laughs> I, I got. I was. I, I was the bow. The bow tech guy. Do you? Uh, do you uh, have anybody that asks you like to drill and tap in a, uh, like a stud or not a stud, but a receiver or whatever, so that way you can just thread a reel on, or does everyone just kind of do like a strap on attachment? I haven't done any of my bows that way. Um, you could do it in G10 if you wanted, but yeah, I would think the, I would think the strap on is the way to go, which is not what August wanted to hear because. He already had the screw on one. Oh. <laughs> but like them little adapters and little quarter 20 guys for like quivers and stuff, like they're not real beefy, you know? Like they pull out. You know, I've got a, a Samick Sage that I run my bow fishing rig on, and I've had to JB weld them in before. Yeah. yeah that I, little like receiver stud deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I got yeah. is one of those ones that you strap on and it's got the stud because I mine was in my compound before and I just swapped it over. So I was thinking that too. I was wondering if I don't, if I shouldn't just bite the bullet now and pull it apart and JB weld it in. Cause I thought about that as soon as I got it, I've dealt with yeah. plastic and they form them around that stuff. And it's never really a good, good hold. That most stabilizer one is a bigger bushing. So I mean, that one's going to be sturdier than like the quiver mount or like sight mount bushings yep. and little guys. Those are, I mean, they work to hold a sight, but they're not going to hold a lot of pressure. Yeah. Or, you know, they're going to fall pretty easy. It's just the perfect place where they're designed because you got that break right there in front of your grip. Once you shoot, you need to hit that break. Yeah. And then reel them. See, I'm not rich enough for all that fancy stuff. I just got the drum. I just got to make sure I pull it off the uh, little holder finger because otherwise the arrow will go about six feet and stop and come right back at me. I had one of those for a little while and you shoot and then you're winding it up while you watch four more perfect shots just swim by you. Yeah. And by the time you got the reel, you know, you got it back on the reel, there's no carp there. Yeah. See, I don't do it enough to justify it. Maybe one of those days, it's like it's on the list. It's on the list of the uh, bonus money that comes in that we were talking about. It's pretty far down the list, but it's on the list. We both fished over by your area. Um, there was a, a river that a river that runs was through the it. border. Yeah, a river runs through it. Bow fishing brown trout. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get in trouble for that, saying that. Uh, I think it's like the muddy or something like that. You guys got a, like a muddy river? We got the big muddy and little muddy. Yeah, it was one of those. We both fished on over there. Was it pretty muddy? In your area. It was very muddy the day we went over there. My buddy that wanted us to come over sent us video of just crystal clear and carp everywhere a week before. But when we got there, it was muddy as shit. 
not crystal clear, but you could see the you could see the carp in the video. But when we got there, it was raining and it got real muddy. It was bad. So we normally there's just like a little reservoirs and stuff we normally hit. I don't even try on the river anymore. It just I've never I never had success. We've got I guess everyone knows about there's Medicine Lake here, and they just had a big die off though because it's, we've been in such a bad drought that. It uh, got low enough that it froze to the bottom, or not quite to the bottom, but close enough to where there was not enough oxygen. What was it? It was either last, I think it was last spring. If you walked along the bank, it was just layers of dead pike and carp is all that's in there. Dead pike and carp and shrimp and stuff. It was bad, and it stank. If the wind blew from the east and you're driving down the highway, about to knock you out of the vehicle. It was so bad. But anyway, so we go there, and the one end of it, there's like a little spillway. They can walk across the top of it and be like six foot tall and the water there is like inches deep. Like if you're out ice fishing and try to drill a hole right there, you're digging dirt because it's going to freeze to the bottom. But anyways, when the when they're spawning there, you can get on top of that spillway and it's just a, little, a couple inches deep. So just their backs are just exposed no matter what they do, but they're up there in those shallows and it's perfect. But you got to hit that. It's like a two or three day window. It's a very narrow window. But if you hit it right, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. August actually smoked some. I tried it, but I didn't get the uh, like that reddish meat yeah. on the fillet. I didn't take cut that off, but August did, like you would a big catfish or something. Yeah. And, you just and mine was fishy, really, really, really bad. But August said his was his was pretty good. Brined it and smoked it. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. the The amount of work you have to put into it to make it edible, kind of, you know, because like. I grew up in South Dakota, walleye and uh, perch and crappie. So you just go out there, cut off some fillets, throw it in batter or breading or whatever, and throw it in the fryer, and you're good in five minutes. When you have to smoke it for hours to make it taste good, kind of. I'll throw it in the ditch. Whatever. It's good <laughs> for the grass. It'll make it grow good. Throw it in your garden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, boys, that's about all I had on the list. Do you guys got anything you want to bring up? Any stories? Any questions? Do you guys have any questions for me? No one ever asks me questions. What's your What's your game plan this fall? Hey. With deer. Well, so my game plan for the fall, I got my antelope tag. So in nine days, I start that. I got my elk tag that we drew. So we'll be going over for that. I got a week I just put in to get off for over my birthday, actually. So I don't have to celebrate a birthday for the first time in a long time. I love that. Uh, so like 16th to the 24th or whatever, that whole Saturday to Sunday, whole week block there, I'm taking off. And then for deer, I'm not, I guess I'm, I haven't really thought about deer at all. I've just kind of, since I'm a John Deere mechanic, uh, I drive around a lot this time of year. So I just kind of scout while I'm working type of deal. And I've got a couple pins of things that I've been consistent seeing places, but other than that, that's kind of on the afterburners for me right now. I'm, I'm more focused on trying to get antelope and elk with my bow because then I can always just fall back to my rifle because, like, my wife, she doesn't bow hunt. And my dad doesn't bow anymore because his shoulder and his back, he can't pull a bow since, like, the 90s or 2000s. So he just rifle hunts anymore. So usually deer I'll try, but not as hard as I used to. I want to go for the other things more with my bow because then I can go rifle hunting with my dad and keep up those memories. But – that being said, if I do, there is one good one that I saw like right when they started velvet this year and I saw him again, like within like a quarter mile and he's a lot bigger now. And I know it's him because of a scar he's got on his left side, right above the shoulder. 
I don't know if someone tried to high shoulder shoot him and messed up or what. He's got like a scar with a patch of hair gone. And I saw him again. I had a picture of him again too, and I was comparing the pictures, and it's definitely him. And uh, once he shed his velvet, he looks like he's gonna be a real, real good as a mule deer. So we'll see. I might, I might uh, take some time, depending on how the elk and antelope go, to uh, focus on it. But we'll see. He's one that I would definitely, I would suffer the heat for to go, uh, you know, lay down in some CRP or something, forty yards away from him, waiting for him to stand up, type of thing. That's about it. What's your game plan for the antelope? <sighs> Drive a lot, fail on a lot of stocks, dole up a bunch of broadheads, just the usual. <laughs> I've got I, – I really – I haven't – the areas I've been in haven't – are not really – so we're kind of like there's like a little zone here where there's actually antelope and then there's a big dead zone and then you go farther south and there's a lot of antelope. So I'm not – for some reason this fall I really haven't been in that zone where I get my good antelope scouting in. So hopefully that changes here in the next couple of weeks. But I, I just kind of have the old honey holes where I know are good close to water where you're within half mile to a mile from here. You're going to see an antelope bedded at some point. So I'll just kind of make loops around that and spread it out, you know, and work my way out until I find them. That's normally what I do. And then so I say that as like I've done a pile of antelope hunting. I've done a lot of guiding for it for my wife and stuff, but I'm not lucky enough to draw the tags. But this year, yeah, I got my archery antelope, so that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a fun fall. What? What's your bow's name? That's all. That's the only question I got. So I have never named anything. I haven't named a knife. I haven't I named like a bow, gun. I don't like where this is at all. The only thing I named, I had, a, I had a Dodge Dakota pickups two-wheel drive that I bought when I was like in eighth grade as soon as I got my driver's license. And the uh, name of that was the Great White Buffalo. I don't know why it ended up with a name. It was a white pickup, and it, it started out as a joke with somebody else, and it grew, and it, it, was, it had a long bed, and there's a lot the of times. The name was White Pickup? Huh? Great White Buffalo. White oh, Great White oh, Buffalo. Oh. So everyone, everyone in town knew it as a Great White Buffalo. Like I get, no, I get, like, Snapchats when I'm in high school, and I drive by, I get Snapchats myself. I saw the Great White Buffalo in the wild, things like that. Everyone loved it. Little two wheel drive piece of shit, manual, Dodge Dakota, like ninety three or something. She's a beater. <laughs> She's still in the weeds. Yeah, you need to get some names going on, man. This is just bad juju. It's kinda of like naming your dog. If you do that and then one day when they die, it's really gonna hurt. Yeah. You don't name your dog? <laughs> no, I name my dog. That was a joke. <laughs> It's like, ah, that's why I've never named a dog. Dog. Yeah. dog. No, my dad. Hey, you. My dad had a cat named Kitty and a dog named Puppy when he was a kid. I don't know how young he was when he named them, but they're on their graves or whatever markers at my grandparents' farm. There's uh, Puppy and Kitty side by side. That's funny. Shoot. That's that's a tough go, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to name something. How far uh, you live from Lewistown, Garrett? Oh, fucking minute. A ways. I mean, I'm oh, northeast man. corner. I'm an hour hour from uh, Williston-ish, hour and a half. So 40-some miles from North Dakota and 12 miles from Canada. So I'm up here yeah. in the corner. That'd be the other side. Lewistown's middle of the state, so I was just wondering. There's a big shoot down there this weekend. I was just wondering. No, I'm not going to I'm not gonna make it for that. We're, we're in the busy time of year. We're uh, haying and combines are running. So for me, this is the worst time of year for anything. So, 
Um, you probably get in the good graces of some uh, ranchers in your area then, don't you? Do a little favors oh, yeah. for them. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ranchers, farmers. For waterfowl hunting, I found out like the second I graduated. Well, yeah, when I graduated college, I went full-time, full-time uh, mechanicking. I think it was like my second service call. I was, you guys don't really care about waterfowl hunting, but I was uh, out working on a combine. I'm waterfowl hunting. Oh, you are. Here we go. So anyways, I was up there on a combine and all these geese were landing in this field just perfect, like 80 yards away from us. And they didn't give a shit I was there. And the farmer was there and I said, God, those geese come here every day? He's like, yeah, them cocksuckers. I shoot at them with a 22 and they don't ever take off even. They're not scared of me. I was like. I got some boys, we got some guns, and we got some decoys. We can take care of that for you. And then he said, yeah, get out here and kill them all if you want. I was like, okay. And then that then that kind of clicked to me. Like, I've got all of these ins on everything. I'm If I fix the stuff, I'm a hero. Pretty hard to say no to someone. I mean, unless you got pay hunters. Pretty hard to say no to someone that just saved your season or whatever. So Yeah. Especially this time of year when you uh, can see deer. Deer's a little bit tougher, but... Like for waterfowl, especially, it's real nice this time of year. So, hey, nobody likes geese. I don't know why. I mean, they've already cut the field, but everyone hates the geese. Well, I think it's just the fact that that even afterwards they still got the spider. Try to get rid of some of them for next year. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it works real good for that. Deer is still a bit tougher, especially out here because there's not very many farmers and ranchers that aren't deer hunters too. So, yeah, but we got well, you got the same thing. Block management. A lot of them put it in block management and then i might get on and in on some little sweeter areas that might not be in the block management but i mean we've got we've got our we've got our area is all i'll say that uh we kind of stick to and we know we know the farmers we know the land works out perfect yeah we don't have any any trouble finding places to goose hunt down here i mean that anybody will let you I, I drive up to billings we were building a house up in Billing, billings last year and you're right in the middle of billings if there's a cornfield you keep looking at it and there'll be there'll be layout blinds and decoys in it and it seems like anybody will let you just well, knock on the door we've always talked about uh like if you take well if we go to billings from here you know we're driving along the yellowstone for half the trip once we hit mile city or whatever and the amount of geese you've seen that river bottom on those drives in the fall we've always talked about doing it but we never have but I'd love to do that. Just lay out along the river. Yeah, we do most of our hunting ducks mostly, but uh, yeah. very little field hunting anymore. We will do it, but I mean, just on the river, you'll shoot ducks and geese, and it's we we get we get a really really good push of mallards there late in the season, and it's I mean it's you know you don't load your guns while you're walking there, or you you know shoot half your limit or your limit before you got your decoy set up and then you don't you don't shoot them while you're, you're setting your decoys up we kind of try to limit ourselves to it's it's pretty good bobby you enjoying this is this better than golf oh no you're colton was a golf you had the same look colton did when you were talking about golf yeah i was just listening yeah no my favorite that's cool my favorite is <laughs> we get the kind of same thing we get a push late in the year depending on the year but if we get dry field with uh, snow on it if we get some late season mallards big old fat mallards in the snow oh, i i would there's a couple hunts that they really are pushing some of the deer and other things that i've shot waterfowl is usually far below but there's a there's a couple snow hunts for big old fat mallards late in the year that are just can't beat it it's awesome i got a a guy that i coyote hunt and uh um deer hunt a little bit on 
he's got a feedlot that has a whole bunch of calves in it. And, uh, there's a, a cornfield right beside of it that they're just geese just pile into it. And he won't let nobody shoot cause the calves are right there. But, uh, he told me I could bow hunt them. And I went down a couple times with layout blinds and just never really figured out a good way to do it. But me and my buddies, we were talking if, if, uh, he puts it in corn again and it gets a good late season push of geese, we're going to all get together and build a little blind. There's a fence there and build a big like box blind with a big hinge top. We'll get six or eight people with bows and flu flus oh, and put out awesome. a big flock of decoys. And yeah, that'd be awesome. I would do that. That'd be so cool. I shot at a couple of them and I never hit one, but man, having six or eight people all shooting at them, that'd be, you know, you get a couple killed. Have you gone pigeon hunting with your bow? I haven't, no. I've, I've done it once or twice. I'm, I, I'm yet to get one. I've got a target I bought from a Colton Hurst when I got the bow from him, too. He's got those foam blue targets. You know, you just top up, yeah. toss them up in the air. And I, I got pretty good on that for a while. But once we got on live birds, they just, obviously, it's live birds. They actually do movement side to side in the air, too, not just a you know, perfect loop up and down. So getting the lead and stuff on is tough. I've had a couple, though, where I swear those blue flus, like, touched their body as they went by. We were close. But that's that's yeah. something I really want to do. That and pheasant hunting. Like, if you do that with a pointer dog, and uh, so that way you can get right up to them, get, like, three-quarter draw back, get it to kick up, pull back to draw, I think that would be real fun, too. But That would be. I got some buddies back east that they'll go. In West Virginia, we don't have pheasants, but there's a pheasant farm. And they go out there, and they said it's it's fun as hell. They just take their 20 gauges out there, and, and I like to go do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I like to go out and, you know, I think you buy five birds or whatever. You know, if you kick them up, they fly 100 yards and land back down. You go kick them up again. You know, they're just farm birds. Be good practice. Yeah. Be kind of cool to try with a bow. I raised pheasants one year. How about that? Did you? I worked at a pheasant farm. I want to raise some quail for eggs. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I don't know if they'll make it out here, though, through the winter. You'd have to have a heated place for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's cold up your way. Yeah. But it'd be cool. I mean, I don't know if it'd work here since you moved to this place in town, but I'd like I'd like to do that. I'd be, I'd be cool to, like, have some pheasants and maybe some partridge and quail and stuff like that around. I just like birds. I'm weird like that. I'm a bird nerd. There's a lot of pheasant up your way. Don't say that now. Everybody already comes here. You don't need to send the last of them. The three people that haven't heard about our area, now they just did. (laughs) That's right. Downhill now. Yeah. It's been bad the last five years. It's been out of staters during bird season because it kills it. Because it's right when uh, it's a couple days before archery starts, obviously. Because it's September first every year is uh, grouse and partridge, yeah. and it just ruins everything. Because they, you know, every little draw or we're we're a lot even up in my area type of thing. But it's a lot of prairie, so every little area that you can get that might hold deer, like little draws or cuts or grass draws or whatever, is also where the pheasants and or the grouse and partridge are hiding too. So they just run. One after another, It'd be like six guys and four dogs. Ten minutes later, here comes another six guys and four dogs, and ten minutes later, and so then all the scouting or anything that you think you did, they're kicking those deer out and they're running all over the place because they have no idea what's going on. There's just a bunch of shooting out of nowhere and dogs and yeah, yeah. 
Did you? Uh, yeah, we got the, go ahead. I was just saying, we ain't got the bird guys, but man, we get a lot of out of state elk and mule deer and, God and damn the bears. It, Bob, man. that's your people. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, I'm it just is. as bad. I hunt. I go to Nebraska for turkey and, and I've been to Wyoming and Idaho and Alaska and I'm just as bad. But damn it, I've, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm messing up anybody else's hunt when I go elsewhere. But when they man, come here, they're the, fucking up yours, aren't they? The bear guys, man, they're just so. I don't know. They messed up my season this year. Didn't even get to hunt bear in Montana. Our quota was filled three weeks early. Really? Yeah. Our quota. I got a picture on my phone. I took a picture of the grass. It's like, like matted down just, you know, the, just the snow come off of it. And like three days later, the, uh, the quota was met of 12 sows. Wow. So yeah, Steve Ranella and all those guys got everybody interested in just, shooting bears with rifles hmm. what do you do bitch about it live laugh love i think that's what the sign says yeah <laughs> all right boys i got those ribs that i smoked all afternoon that are up there getting cold we're an hour and a half in so i'm gonna cut you down sounds good man what do you say do you got anything else you want to add in either of you no no <laughs> You're just ready to go home? Get out of this? I am home, man. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, hope, yeah. Hopefully you guys have a good season. If you get something, let me know and we can talk about it. Tell us a good tale. Hey, keep me posted, buddy. Will do. We'll see. Nine days. Hopefully nine days you get a picture of an antelope laying there dead. I'm counting on it. You're counting? Uh-huh. I wouldn't be. But... <laughs> We'll try. All right. I don't got much else going on. I'll count on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Later. See you, buddy. Yep. Yeah, bye.